on Spark Auction, right? So number one, I'm pro-consumer, right? Want to do it yourself? Go ahead. Want to have an agent? Please have an agent. Doesn't matter, right? We are, the next 10 years of our lives are all about the speed in which the consumer can do things, right? And that's, that's our core focus here. And so if you put your property on, on Spark Auction, we can feed it to Zillow. What a year 2020 was. 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the dwelling deal list, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about, you know, how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the dwelling deal list, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got Mike Russell with us today. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. How are you, Ola? Doing fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for, for joining us here. I cannot wait to, you know, digging into your story so just actually maybe tell our listeners a little bit about you know who you are how you got started and kind of what are you doing lately actually sure uh so how did i get started the so the actually funny part about my story how i got started is i used to work uh at the corporation that used to be called sendent and today is called realogy which realogy owns century 21 cobalt banker era sotheby's international realty and Better Homes and Gardens and Corcoran Real Estate. And this was back in 02. And I worked in a different division at the time that was, uh, was a vacation rental network, like wannabe, like VRBO today, or you know, probably more like VRBO. And I, were, I took a job there and I worked there for about you know, a couple months. And then I was traveling on my t- territory and we had a, a conference call and all of a sudden everybody in the sales team was let go. And, and luckily I had this boss that had been with the broader company Ascendant uh, for quite some time. We had a real estate group, which is today Realogy. Uh, we had a hotel group and, and he said, you know what, come to the home office in New Jersey. I lived in Massachusetts, come to the home office in two weeks. Like I'm going to focus on making sure you get a job. And I got a job in the Caldwell Banker group uh, being the assistant vice president of franchise sales in Chicago. So I had to uproot and move to Chicago for a job. And then I think I only did that for about six months. And then in February of 2004, we bought the rights to Sotheby's International Realty. And that sprung board me into like what's now been this app wild ride of almost 17 years in being in real estate. And so, uh, so I left that uh, in 2006 because I got tired of corporate life and thought that, you know, I'm going to go out and run a brokerage, right? Like that's the promised land. And, and so I went to Aspen, Colorado, and uh, I was supposed to be partners 
with the gentleman that owned the Sotheby's International Realty there. And in my first hundred days, he walks into my office and says, if you don't take over the company, I'm going to bankrupt it. And so, so here I am, I got four kids at the time and, and I go home and I tell my wife what happens. And my wife says, oh, well, I have some of my own news. I'm pregnant. So, <laughs> well, I never thought this, this, this story could get any better. Right? It's, oh, no, it, it's like you asked for it, so I'm giving it to you. And so the, so I did that, and we were, I took over the company, and you know, I turned it around. It wasn't run very well, and we, I made it profitable really quick. Our revenue was rising. Our sales, our, uh, our uh, costs were decreasing. And then the, and then the great recession happens. Right. And so the literally, and I just told this story to my children, we, we rode through 2009. It was an absolute disaster. I just was telling somebody in another conversation, I think I was the one that coined the phrase, no one needs to buy a home in Aspen uh, because it's known as being the, the wealthy playground. And so here we are, it's January, 2010, January 1st, 2010, and I'm losing my house, right? Like I had to give up my company. I merged it with the other largest company in the market. And I had a thousand dollars to my name, right? Five kids, thousand dollars to my name. And I just woke up every day and said, my kids got a roof over their head, food on their table and like nobody's sick or dying. And like anything other than that, it was a great day, right? And that's how, those are the three things, you know, God first for me. And then those three things. Oh man, that is so good, Mike. You are, right? oh my goodness. That is so good. Sorry to interrupt. That is no. so good. Right. And so, so I became partner, Chad Roffers and Laura Brady, who uh, had founded concierge auctions, asked me to come join them. And I joined at the end of January, 2010. And I helped them create concierge auctions, which is based in Austin, Texas today to the largest luxury real estate auction firm in America and and europe really and and so and that it's a very nice company it specializes in super high-end real estate and and it's a very bespoke you know very customized marketing customized you know send a salesperson to the market to help sell their house very very tailored on a client basis and i did that until the end of 2017 i was very fortunate and uh i left and and decided to try something different and, and sold my interest back to Laura and Chad. And then I, you know, the first year of 2017, I flipped some homes. Uh, you know, it's funny since I've been doing these podcasts, I've all of a sudden be, been learning about wholesaling, which quite frankly, I don't really get because I actually used cash to, to buy the houses or I, you know, use somebody else's cash. Um, but, you know, did very well in 2017. I don't know how many, do you have many investors that listen to the show? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Many. <laughs> so, so my, my lessons on that, and it really came out of my time in the auction business. And then I applied it to my first year of, of flipping. And I did a couple new construction condos is that I, it doesn't matter how good you think you can build, how in, how effective you are, um, how much less you can do it for, cause you have the right people it's all about how well you buy it. Right. And, and if you don't buy it well enough to where, you know, I can have my, 
my purchase and my input cost to change it and my price on the on the ex, on, on the sale on exiting the sale you know maybe you could save 10 or 15 percent on the on the construction aspect but it really comes down to how well you buy it and and so I did that successfully I did I don't know 1.2 you know, about three million dollars in homes in the first year right and we made money it was great and my big fear for it was, uh, I, you know, I didn't think that I could sustain buying right. You know, um, I didn't think I could sustain buying right. So, and, and then how I came up with Spark Offer and Spark Auction, we have two products, was, um, was really, I started bidding on properties that were lo listed with a local REO broker. And, you, I, you know, one property, I gave them a full price off, cash offer and they come back and say, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, but we've had multiple offers and you're going to have to resubmit in three days. And it was really awful. It was a, the way I looked and you look at America today and all these markets, like it's so hot. I was on a show the other day and somebody was telling me in Utah, my son was like one of 26 offers in 48 hours. And and what I had said when my partner Max and I had created Spark Offer was this is just a bad auction, right? And there's no transparency. I don't know if they really have three offers, five offers. You don't know anything. And, and, and even though every real estate agent, including myself, will tell you that we're the most ethical people in the world, right? Everybody thinks you're lying, right? <laughs> it's awful. Right? <laughs> and then they won't tell you how many offers they have. They won't tell you. And so anyway, so mid 2018 with this, you know, multiple bad experiences in tow, I said, we're going to build spark offer. And so what is spark offer? Spark offer is a platform that anybody can use. And, and we work on deadlines or no deadlines, like an auction, people submit their offers and, it creates the kind of prompting and urgency that you get from an auction, whether you're watching or bidding on the property and it's, you'll get a text message, right? And it's like, boom, we've got one offer. Boom, there's two offers. Boom, there's three offers. And so now on the consumer side, you can sit there and say, okay, well, I know offers are coming in. I knew what it takes to get there because I put one in there myself. And then from that standpoint, the seller, can review all their offers with or without an agent, depending on whether they have one and, and go through and say, you know, I want to go to best and final. I want to counter somebody just the standard process, but it's all technology enabled. Right. What I'm really passionate right now about Ola is, is our spark auction product because in this world of multiple offers, too many people are, are being cast aside, right? How do you manage 20 offers, right? I, I can't, I couldn't imagine. I've managed, you know, I don't know, three or four at once. It's a lot. It's right? a lot, yep. And so the great part about an auction, which, you know, needs to have a rebirth of what it means in America, you know, in Australia, it's used for the hottest properties, not the, not the dejected properties. In America, we've used them for dejected and we need to use them for the hottest, right? And, and so 
on Spark Auction, right? So number one, I'm pro-consumer, right? Want to do it yourself? Go ahead. Want to have an agent? Please have an agent. Doesn't matter, right? We are the next 10 years of our lives are all about the speed in which the consumer can do things, right? And that's that's our core focus here. And so if you put your property on, on Spark Auction, we can feed it to Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, right? So you can get all the, plus we have our own database of people on our website all the time, our own traffic that we generate organically. And somebody can put their property up no matter what the price and say, I wanna have an auction for my property. I wanna sell it in three days, five days, 40 days, doesn't matter, right? The great thing for the buyers is that the seller sets the rules. So instead of the seller trying to decide you know, oh, well, this offer has this and this offer has that. We just, we help guide them through it. Do you want to have a cash offer? Or do you want to have a mortgage contingency? Part of the rules. Mm. Do you want to have an inspection period or sell as is? I want to have an inspection period because I'll get more money. Great. How long should the inspection period be? Set a fixed time. So everybody that comes and bids on this property knows the rules. I can, I've, I've got a bid and I've got to have a mortgage. I got to be pre-qualified. I, I can have an inspection, but it's got to be done in five or seven, whatever it is. There's no randomness to it, right? Then if I'm a buyer and I agree to these rules and I get to bid on the property, now in real time, you can see what everybody's bidding, just like every other auction platform out there, right? And you can say to yourself, you don't have to have the dreaded phone call from the listing agent or the seller saying, I'm sorry, my seller decided to take somebody else's offer. You just have to decide, do I want to pay the price it says on the screen, right? Wow. And the auction will stay open as long as people keep bidding. And so, but then, you know, it'll draw to a close. So for example, if we were closing on an auction today at 5 p.m., every, as long as people keep bidding, the clock will extend three minutes at a time, Right. And then once it runs out, it runs out. So you can't snipe it like you can on eBay, right? Like you're not going to lose out because you weren't the last person to press the button, right? So, so I'm very excited about this. We have a very low fee structure that accounts for people that want to save money and do it themselves or, or do it in conjunction with an agent. Wow, this is, yeah, wow. I, I really rambled on, I'm sorry. No, you did not. I, I, I try not to interrupt my guest. I, I'm, I'm a very, I try to be a, a better listener. So, that, I mean, I just took so many notes. There's just so many things that you said um, that just kind of stuck with me. And, and you just say, like, with everything that happened to you, you still woke up with that heart of gratitude. Like, I've got my five beautiful kids. You know, they have foot in their belly, roof over their head, even though you had, you know, not a lot of money in your account. And I think as you know, real estate entrepreneurs, even myself as a young, you know, I'm in my thirties now, a lot of guys just want to buy big properties so they can show off on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, but really just having that sense. And I think that's probably what's helped you to get this far is just really having that central, um, kind of that sense of gratitude, right. To kind of make you granted, I think is what's helped you. So I really like that you, you mentioned that I really want to go back though, Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, there's. I took a lot of notes. I mean, literally got your timeline right here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do you think your experience at concierge auctions is that helping spark auctions in any way? Like, really, just that time you spent? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I came into concierge literally not knowing anything and about the auction business, and had the 
had the fortune and, and, you know, the opportunity that during the seven years there, we sold a billion dollars in homes. Um, you know, we, we auctioned Michael Jordan's property. We auctioned a, an investment property for Nick Saban. Uh, and we auctioned properties for hundreds of people you'd never hear of. Right. That is so fascinating. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, you know, of course, people are selling houses for celebrations, but I just never thought it was a thing. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah, well, when you think about the, our current market today and how we sell real estate is you, you decide like, hey, I want X, right? I want 500,000. I've looked at all the comp, comp, comps and I've spent all this time on Zillow and Redfin and I think my property's worth 500,000 and you put it out there and then either something happens or it doesn't. Right. And, and if nothing happens, then, then especially, you know, what's your next move, right? Oh, I got to lower the price. Right. And I get a guess at it. And, and then what do I do? Then if my property sells great, if it doesn't, I get a guess at it again. And, and so you create this, this stigma for your property of like this price reduction cycle that is in a way like a Dutch auction, right? Where I'm just going to keep dropping it and draw, except there's no system to it. It's just based on what I feel like, right? Very emotionally driven. Well, I mean, just think of the, the, the average person that sells a property, even, even not the average, right? So I'll give you an example of a story. So years ago, I went on an appointment in uh, Aspen with my, my, one of my agents and we went and pitched this seller and I had all the data, you know, I was very data driven. I'm still very data driven. We're, we're doing massive, awesome things with data here at Spark Auction. And, and, the, in, and so we sit there and say, uh, seller, uh, based on all the comps, your property is probably worth, you know, 10 and a half million. And we should, we should price it at 11 and sell it probably within six months. And we didn't get it right. Some other agent got it and they listed it for 14 million. And over two year period, they kept dropping the price and dropping the price and dropping the price. And it sold roughly for ta-da, 10 and a half million. million. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> and, of and so the, the, and so that's the challenge, right? Because sellers, it doesn't matter whether your house is 200,000 or $20 million. They have this massive intrinsic value of like, my house is better than somebody else's, right? And therefore yeah. someone should pay more money for it. Or I paid X to build it. So therefore it should be X plus Y. And the, it doesn't work that way. And, and, and so you know, everybody wants to say we're in a market driven economy, but you know, and it works that way with, with stocks, right? It works that way with options. It works the way, but it doesn't really work that way with, with houses, right? Because it starts out that the seller says I'm willing to sell for X and the market either likes it or it doesn't. And right. so, you know, we think that in relation with, with our products like spark offer, works with a guide range, right? I'm a seller. I'm willing to take between X and Y, right? Telling the market, here's where I'm at. And so, um, you know, we're trying to, we, we live with the mantra of creating more transparency. 
Yes, which is like extremely needed, right, in the real estate industry. Our, our industry is quite archaic, actually. You know, there's still a lot of things that we can do in the prop tech world, which I'm really monitoring. Actually, I'm looking at maybe you know startup companies I can you know I can invest in in the prop tech world. So it's really fascinating. I went on your website actually as we were talking. So I've I've got a I've got a quick question before we actually dive a little bit deeper into Spark Offer and Spark Auction. So you said you know you you did some flips, you did some you know construction condos things like that but it's not about you know how well you can mitigate and manage expenses but it's just how you buy it so where did that thought come from i want you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that and just kind of give us some nuggets because i think that was coming from a place where there's there's a little bit left so i want us to kind of finish that yeah so sure so so in the seven years i spent with concierge auctions in my first seven years in the auction business the we we did a lot of properties because it was in the we started in the wake of the recession right and we sold a lot of properties that might have been in an a market but a b location right and and because the market was hot leading up to that so much like today right and people were buying properties in the b location and then trying to add value for them. But then, you know, by the time the market got, got caught up, right. Or by the time the market flipped, they were upside down. There was nothing they could do about it because the initial buy is too much. Right. And so, so on that note, you know, we do always talk about location, 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 right. And, and literally what I said coming out of the great recession was that, if anybody forgot that these were the three main rules of real estate, they handedly got reminded. And, 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 and even in the flips that I did, I purchased location first, right? I purchased location first. And, and there was a lot of things we walked away from because it might've been an A town, right? But it was a B location within that town. And, you know, that was, that was how I felt. The other thing is um, no matter where, whether you're in Anchorage, Alaska or Mobile, Alabama or Houston, Texas, right? Uh, if, if, if I was advising anyone that's listening to your show, right? Focus on, focus on uh, schools, right? People pay for schools. Wow. Right? That's a good one. That's and, a good one. And when the market gets tough, right? When the market gets tougher, right? People will still pay for schools, right? In fact, you'll have more people pay for schools because maybe if I could have afforded to send my kid to private school before, and I want to save that money, right? Like I have to pay up to be in this town, but at least I don't have to pay for private education. Right. And so those, those are my, those are my couple main things that I look at when investing, right? A location within the town, right? Towns for me are driven by, by schools. And uh, we sold a property on spark offer in Greenwich, Connecticut. It's one of the most talked about towns today because, you know, it was, it was in a 10 year depression, right? Because, because of the expensive homes. And, and so, but then comes this pandemic, right? And, whoosh, there's a massive amount of people coming out of New York saying, I'm out of here, right? I got to have a pool, my own backyard. I need space. Uh, I need more room. But even then, like this particular house that we sold, 
uh, and it's on the website on Orchard Hill Road. Uh, you know, when we looked at it with the seller, they would say like, well, that guy's getting more and that guy's getting more. And even within that town, it was considered that they were in a better school district for elementary school, those other properties than his property. Right. And so, so he was getting uh, a decreased value based on the fact that he wasn't considered in the better school district, even within a fantastic town, one of the wealthiest towns in America. Wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. So one one more thing actually one more thing ask away <laughs> i sound like Colombo, like like colombo one more thing one more thing um you you mentioned ario brokers how do you find ario brokers and you know who are ario brokers oh yeah i don't know how to find them quite on i mean you could um the I guess the easiest way to do it is just search online and find people selling the junkiest houses in a town. Mm. Um, so and then go to them directly if you're an investor. So because they REO brokers tend to be someone that specializes in in those relationships with the bank or the servicers mm -hmm. and they're getting those listings. So for example, about half hour from away from me, there's a guy named Cliff Ponty. Right. And I know in my area, he sell, he does a lot of the REO homes. Right. And depending on how big they are, so like, you know, some of them I've dealt with, you can't even get in touch with them. Right. So that's part of the frustration for even when I bid on f some of my first REO homes. And I was like, well, how long do I make this offer good for? And they said, doesn't matter. The bank won't adhere to your timeline anyway. So just put whatever you want. And if you wind up getting awarded the property, they'll call you and they'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's interesting because obviously, you know, I dwell in here, we buy apartments. So it'll be, it'll be quite interesting to know where to find those brokers. So it was more of a selfish question. Um, right. Yeah. So really fascinated about Spark Offer. You guys have done an, an incredible job. I was on your website. The UI is amazing. Um, you know, I, I see the list of sold properties as well. I was just kind of poking around. Um, what, what is the plan? Are you looking to make this into a unicorn? Are you looking for, you know, more private equity and capital? Well, what is the exit strategy or if, if any, I'm just curious. So I don't exist. Uh, I mean, I don't run any of the companies and this is, uh, you know, there's actually a company that I still own a portion of today that I started in 2009 called Resora, which does especially internet marketing for real estate. Uh, and we were in Techstars in, in one of the first groups of Techstars, which has become this, you know, huge firm, massive, massive companies have come out of it. And I think it, it's, I don't know. I'm not somebody that looks and says, you know, Hey, I think I can create the next unicorn, right? I'm, I'm kind of guy that says, okay, like how do we get to first base? Right. And, and getting to first or, or how do we create value in our product? I think from that standpoint, if we just focus on value for the consumer, right. And remember, like I'm focused, you know, I'm pro consumer, right. And if we can get clients and listen to our clients and do a good job for them, then the market will kind of determine, you know, that part of it. Uh, in regards to raising capital, um, you know, we, we generate revenue, like we're not working for free, right? And, and, but we do work off a, you know, what I would call a reasonable fee. We charge 2% transaction fee, right? And so the, the, um, but, 
I think capital comes based on, you know, need, right? So if all of a sudden I had, you know, 5,000 people that wanted to sell with us, I probably would need to go raise capital just to meet that demand, right? And so, you know, I'm out just going out and trying to be who I uniquely am, right? And I'm a guy that's been in this business for a long time. I think many things about it are broken. I'm trying to address that with the products that I've created for the consumer and so that I can empower them to be and, you know, and do so they can do great things, right? Because the non-professional, meaning like the non-pro investor, uh, you know, this asset, we always say it is one of their biggest assets in their lives. And, you know, we sold a property in Austin, Texas, where that, that person got a, uh, an offer from an iBuyer. And then they put their property on Spark Offer, and and we so he got a much better offer through Spark Offer, leveraging what we do. And I said to him like, "Hey, it's great. You got like fifteen percent more for your house." And he said, "Yeah, well, I guess you can kind of look at it like that and make it make it seem like that's cool." But I actually doubled my equity, right? And wow. so just wow. and and so now. Like it was, it, and for him, it was like $40,000 more, right? And so that's 40, when I went and he bought his next house, which he already had under contract. I mean, just think of what $40,000 less mortgage means over 30 years to your life. A lot. Right? <laughs> A lot, yeah. So, so, you know, I want to go on the road of creating these tools to help people, you know, empower their lives around real estate which will hopefully, you know, also encircle them around their ability to have financial freedom. So do you guys allow, um, do you allow folks to sell land or this is just strictly single family homes? No, you could sell land. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, Mike, we can keep going, um, but we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. Um, these are quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Yes. All right. First a lightning question. round. Lightning round. <laughs> First question. What makes you Mike unique or Spark Offer, whichever you prefer? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? I've got a huge amount of experience in every facet of this business, from franchising, from brokerage, to auctioning, to software development. I'm not really sure how many people have done that in 15 years. Um, and I've, I've, I've been a part of $2 billion in transactions in 27 states and 17 countries, 26 states and 17 countries. And so uh, I think breadth of experience. Second question. What was the last book that you read? And what was the one thing that you picked out from that book? Wow, so I read a lot of books, right? I can um, tell. The, the, the book that I've been not only just reading, um, it's called Tiny Habits. And it, it's by BJ Fogg, he's a Stanford professor. And the book is literally life-changing. And so, um, I, so my little first tiny habit that I've been trying to do to, to work on my life is that um, every morning before my wife leaves for work and I get in the shower, I do 50 push-ups. And, and if, if anybody that knows me knows, like I hate working out. And so, but, uh, and if this camera was lower, you'd see it. So the, <laughs> the, the, see, but I've been doing it since November. 
right? 50 push-ups every day. Wow. And so now I'm, I'm working on my next tiny habit. So yes, that's, that's not the last book I read, but it's the one I'm certainly, I read it recently. Nice, I definitely, I took notes. Um, yeah, I definitely wanna check that out. Final question, you've got your five kids, you got your wife, you got your businesses, you're a busy man. What do you do for fun? This is fun, right? Like this is fun to me, it's certainly not work. Um, but it's all fun, like my life is fun, right? Like I got five beautiful children, I get to go to their basketball games, I get to, it's why I actually left my old business, right? I was traveling all the time, I was never home. You know, everybody's you know depressed in lockdown and I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, as far as just hobbies, like I go to the beach, I live close to the beach, I like to ski, I like to sail, I like to play golf, like, Whatever, I just like, to, I keep moving. Yeah, I love it, I love it. If somebody's like, wow, I really like this Mike guy, I wanna get to know him better. Um, where's the best place people can get connected with you, get to know you more? I would say number one, uh, they can certainly email me at mike at sparkoffer.com. Uh, LinkedIn, right, I haven't, I've got thousands of people I'm connected with, but I haven't hit the point where I can only be followed yet. Uh, I'm happy to connect with anybody in LinkedIn. I'm happy to message with them, like give advice, whatever people need. Mike, thank you so much. You're a legend. Really appreciate your time today. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Ola. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand believe it or a thousand podcasts and still going the best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine joe fellas joe talks to influential thought leaders we share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com